Welcome, fellow lighting nerds and friends, to another episode of The Light Files, the lighting industry's podcast, powered by the Lighting Showroom Association and hosted by me, Lisa Bartwood. Thank you for tuning in again. Um, well, a whole week has gone by, but it's time for part two of my augmented reality 3D model program podcast. So, Hopefully you remember from last week, I went over some of kind of the technical part as best as I can speak it (laughs) on, it's really hard to talk about things that are really like all images and videos and what, not videos, but images and visual concepts. Um, It's kind of hard to reduce those to words. So thank you for uh, listening to me (laughs) as I have attempted to do so. And hopefully I've been able to translate. (laughs) So um, last week I uh, talked about the technical side of the AR 3D model program that the Lighting Shorm Association has brought to our industry I talked about the importance for us that this truly be an industry-wide benefit. Um, I talked a little bit about, not a little bit, I talked a lot about how this helps showrooms um, and helps us sell. I did leave out a, a big chunk there of how this tool not only benefits us in the showroom, but um, by virtue of the manufacturer's investment in this uh, in this program and these tools, they also get benefit from it. So I want to speak a little bit more this week about, um, the commitment from the manufacturers and their benefits that they potentially also receive, um, versus their costs, because there are costs (laughs) and, um, why I still think this is really critical for us. So I'm just going to dive right in. Um, so the, Uh, augmented reality 3D model program, you might remember from last week's episode, um, we wanted this to be a tool for all independent lighting showrooms to have access to. So to get this tool on your individual website, um, hopefully you work with Exo, Logic, or Lights America, and then pass that as a showroom. All you need to do is be a member of the Lighting Showroom Association. And just as a way of reminder for us all, the LSA is a 501c6 nonprofit trade association uh, located in the United States. <laughs> um, <laughs> housed at my home address, but anyway, <laughs> because we're volunteers. But that's, um, that's what the LSA is. In our industry... The group that we are the most alike in terms of business structure is the American Lighting Association. They are also a nonprofit trade association. So we kind of operate in a similar manner, just focused on very different things to get our industry headed in the same direction or the same place. And that being a successful direction, that is the mission of both associations. We just kind of approach these problems from different ends, right? The LSA is more on on the ground, boots on the ground. The ALA is much more eagle eye, big picture. That's the difference, but we're both trying to get us to the same successful space in between. So, all a independent lighting showroom needs to do to have access to these tools on their own website is be a member of the LSA. That's it. Sign up for membership. Uh, dues are uh, $595 a year. Uh, there's a quick little form online. 
We just verify that you're an independent lighting showroom and you're off to the races. Super easy. A $50 a month investment in an amazing tool that, oh my gosh, costs tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of dollars to create. Which leads me to why this was an industry-wide program. This, These digital assets, the creation of them, it's not cheap, right? It is a digital techie thing. We all know anything that you do in the technology forward space is expensive. It just, it's, it's how our, our world is. <laughs> so these are uh, kind of expensive tools to create. So the people, the companies bearing the burden of most of that expense in the LSA's program um, are the manufacturers. So the manufacturers have a cost associated with getting the 3D models created and then the ongoing support of the AR technology. So here's the thing to remember about any sort of AR that you ever use on anybody's website. So that AR, when you launch that experience, you're going out into, you know, the interwebs, <laughs> your devices, and you're connecting to some server, let's say, and they're like kind of hosting this experience for you. And this is kind of like a real time back and forth transaction of information from your mobile device to the server where the image lives. Then it marries those together and gives you this augmented reality experience. Well, that's all great. And if um, Apple never updated their iOS, the costs to keeping this interaction going would be very, very minimal. But iOS does update and updates regularly. Uh, Android also updates and updates regularly. There are just things that have to shift and move to keep this uh, um, user experience to be the best it can be. So there are ongoing fees involved with making sure that the experience remains great yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And that's not as simple as it sounds. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes work that goes on with that, hence the need for an ongoing fee to make sure that we can keep our platform for all of these users who are going to be launching these AR experiences from anywhere across North America or beyond, we want that experience to be great no matter what. So the cost of that is being borne um, by the LSA, but via our um, agreements with our manufacturers who are enrolling in the augmented reality program, right? So it's no small commitment on their part. It truly isn't. It's more than a quick <laughs> membership dues and, you know, line item in their budget. It is, it is a big expense. And um, I think it is an important one. Now, where they also benefit from this, and this is what I didn't get to talk about on last week's podcast, I talked a lot about the usage of these models and images on showroom websites. Well, the manufacturers, after their investment in this program, also get the use of these images, of these models, of this experience on their own websites, on their own marketing you know, platforms, however they want to use it, um, as long as they aren't using them on a website that they own or maintain or whatever the case may be that sells uh, direct to the uh, direct to consumer. So you can't 
Manufacturer X. You can use all these great models of your ceiling fans and light fixtures on your own manufacturerx.com website, any informational website you have, any marketing tools that you use, whether they're print, whether they're digital, whether they're social media, anything, use it. Any of those places, which is a lot of places, these assets just can't be used on any website that Manufacturer X owns that might sell direct to the consumer or any other third-party website, right, that they might have a relationship with. Like you can't go and give these tools to some other third-party website that is not uh, an independent lighting showroom. So that's like the only exclusion. But you still get all the other benefit of this investment um, as a manufacturer via your own marketing tools, and you get a what I believe is going to be a huge return from your showrooms. Your the people, like I just want to speak honestly about this for a minute. Uh, independent lighting showrooms are how our industry even exists. It's really not even an arguable point. Sure, you've got to have somebody making product and selling it to showrooms or whatever. None of this would exist without the distribution channel that is the independent lighting showroom. That's it. We're the oldest distribution channel. We're the, you know, the longest running. <laughs> we far outlive the internet. Um, we, we are the OGs of this industry. We are the reason why in many ways lighting and fans have become so important to consumers because we have showrooms, we communicate to our customers how important this is. So we are, we are the originals, right? So let's lean into that and give this original distribution channel a asset that is going to help them grow and compete with all these other distribution channels that have since opened up but will give them a way to be even, to get an edge on, to get a leg up on some of the successes that other people are having in other ways. So manufacturers also get the benefit of bringing that tool, this invaluable tool to their customers, which in some people's mind might be reason alone, like reason enough <laughs> to do this, but um, they also get that reason plus also the use of all these tools on their own websites in their own branding. And that is really critical part of this whole discussion, right? It's the brand connection. So uh, manufacturer X might say, okay, I hear you, Lisa, the AR, the 3D, that's really important to you. But I don't really so much feel like going through the LSA's industry-wide program and paying these fees. I'm just going to go out and do it myself. And okay, fine, go out and do it yourself. <laughs> but you will not have the ability to feed that information onto all of your customers' websites on an equal way that retains the quality and great experience across an entire industry. So that's important. And then you might say, well, I don't care so much about showroom XYZ having their my stuff on their website because you know what? They can just go to my website, manufacturerx.com, and get this tool. Well, I have to tell you, Manufacturer X, showrooms are not going to be doing that. We don't like it. None of us want to do it. 
It's bad enough when I have to go to your website to pull a spec sheet on something because the data feed to EXO or Lights America is incomplete and I have no other choice. You're forcing me to break my customer's connection with my showroom brand. I don't want to do it. I don't want to go to 25 different manufacturers' websites to do one sale. I want to stay on my own website and start and finish the sale inside of my own four walls, inside of my own branding, inside of my own marketing experience. This has drawn these customers in. I have invested in this experience. It brought the consumer into my store. I do not want to get them there and then say, nope, we're going to go off on experience B that you didn't sign up for. No, (laughs) I want to stay in my world. It's very important as a retailer to get repeat customers that I have this emotional brand connection with my consumers We all know people are not coming back on the reg to replace their dining room chandelier. It's not happening unless they move recently and, you know, they just bought one and they happen to move. Fine. But other than a case like that, it does not happen regularly. I need to have an emotional brand connection with these customers so that they are encouraged to come back more than once every 20 years to buy a new light fixture for their home. It's very important to my success, my long-term success as a business. So no, I don't want to go to your website to get your tools. I appreciate maybe that you've invested in the tools, that you're trying to keep your brand you know, alive and growing and moving with the times. I super appreciate that. And that is why um, this program is such, such a great benefit for showrooms and manufacturers alike. Oh, I didn't even mention sales agents. You can have this too. I know a lot of sales agents in our industry uh, similarly have XO and Lights America websites for the brands they represent. Same deal. Same deal. You're an LSA member as a sales agent. Uh, cool. This is on your website too. There, it's all a part of it. <laughs> this is industry-wide. So that's the thing, right? I, I think I've explained the program at this point. <laughs> it is a valuable tool. Uh, increase sales, reduce returns, increase customer satisfaction, create brand connection. Um, brand connection that can be built by showrooms. Uh, brand connection that can be built by Manufacturer X using this tool on their website. That's fine. I don't, I'm not trying to take away Manufacturer X's ability to market their product. I actually want them to market their product better and better and better. Uh, as a part of that marketing, I would like them to encourage uh, shoppers to go visit their independent lighting showroom. I think that is also critical. But there's um, a lot of broad value here, Right. Okay, when in our industry that we can think of, any of us, has there been a broad industry-wide initiative that most of us have participated in? Like the only thing that comes to my mind that I can all think of is maybe some government affairs work done by the ALA where uh, I was asked to maybe like write a letter to a senator or something. I can't even be sure that we all did that. So this is the challenge with a program like this, right? It is big. It is broad. There's a lot of benefit, but there is a lot of digging in of the heels saying, why? Tell me why. 
<laughs> and apparently, uh, my, uh, <laughs> data and description and, um, showing of how this helps increase sales, not just of products you have on display, but of other products, it reduces returns. Like I've, I, this has like become second nature for me to talk about this. Um, sometimes that's not enough, right? When we're trying to do something this big and I get it and I guess, and I get the like, okay, Lisa, I, okay, LSA, you're telling me this is important to you, but, but who is this important to really? Is it just you? Is it a bigger thing that's important to showrooms? So to that end, we've actually started a petition form. <laughs> I want showrooms who are listening to this and think, oh my gosh, yes. I want sales agents who are listening to this that think, yeah, what a great tool. I would love to have access to this. I want you to go fill out our petition and um, DM me. I can. Uh, I will probably put the link in the um, episode notes here, um, but fill it out. Um, let's show manufacturers how important a, a industry-wide program like this is and what a great asset it could be to our businesses because they need to hear that from us, right? I totally get it. We showrooms speak a lot to manufacturers <laughs> at market and we all have very different needs and we all have very different ones. And I get how frustrating it is trying to come up with like a sales program for, you know, 800, 1,000 independent lighting showrooms that are all slightly different and all a little unique and all want slightly different things to benefit their businesses. And I get that that is like probably a mind-numbing process to have to deal with, <laughs> right? So I am sympathetic, manufacturers, in case you ever think I'm not. <laughs> I do get the herding cats thing, but I'm also over here trying to herd the same cats, so um, I totally get how frustrating it is, but I also fully believe the importance of us all stepping up and saying, yes, let's give this a shot. Let's commit to this for a year. Let me just give it a year and see if it helps as much as I think, as much as Lisa is telling me it'll help. Let me commit to it for a year and see what happens. Let me look at the data that I'm getting back from the company hosting the AR technology and be like, yeah, people are launching this all the time and I'm seeing an uptick, a corresponding uptick in sales. You know what? I'm seeing a bit of a decrease in our returns when I know that this is being used on, you know, on the products that are in this platform. I, there are ways, absolute ways to measure the return on this investment. It is data. So it is measurable. And you can make that decision after giving it a shot for a year. And then we say, okay, maybe not. Maybe it is too soon. Maybe it needs to take a different form. But we gave it a shot because that is what our oldest and deepest and original distribution channel asked us to do. They asked us to give this a shot, to bring this big tool to the market. And we did it. And... I think there's going to be nothing but great success stories out of this. But, you know, we don't know until we try. So we just need to try. We just need to commit to it for a solid 12 months. And let's see what happens as an industry. The only hurt is going to be in the pocketbook. And yeah, that's a big hurt, right? Like, I get it. It's inflationary times. It's just a million things that make you want to go, oh, and not open the purse strings. I get it. We're all in a similar uh, space when it comes to that. 
I also think that those times are when it becomes even more critical for us to innovate and set ourselves apart as an industry. And that's what something like this does. It sets us apart as an entire industry. How amazing is that to be able to say that you're a part of this movement that is really trying to make everything better in all of our businesses? And I think that's absolutely worth the investment. Absolutely. All day. Okay, so I'm going to close this podcast with a, um, I heard this on a different podcast, I have to say, but um, it it was talking about bringing a new idea into any marketplace. And there's four steps that tend to happen when you bring in a new, like kind of a wildly new concept or innovation to any marketplace. And, you know, these things can kind of determine the pathway to success. So when you bring in these new ideas, they are often, number one, ridiculed, right? Like, ah, that's silly. Nobody needs that. Poo-poo. Then once the ridicule is done, we just ignore it. You know what? If I pretend not to see it, then it doesn't exist. Once we get past ignoring, okay, this is happening anyway, I'm just going to fight it. I'm just going to say, no, that's not needed. You're wrong. No, I'm fighting it. And then eventually the fourth step rolls around and we go, okay, let's adopt it. (laughs) So we, I think we've been through steps one through three already in this process. Now let's heartily move on to step four. Just adopt it. Pick a set number of SKUs. Get them going. Let's get this launched out. We want a full, you know, I want to have 25 manufacturers participating this come January 2023, and let's give it a shot for a year. Commit to it for a year. That's all I'm asking. And let's see what happens. And let's see if we're able to really move the needle in our industry just by trying to do something together. And you know what? I'll be the first to admit if it fails and doesn't work out, I will put out a podcast and eat crow, and it'll probably be the last podcast episode I do. (laughs) But I'll, I'll do it, or I won't do it, whatever the case may be. I get it. I just think if we don't try, if we don't risk, there's no reward. So we need to make uh, risks that are uh, just not like crazy risky, but like, okay, this is proven. We understand how this helps my own manufacturer X brand and marketing and everything else I'm trying to do in manufacturer X world. And it also helps all of these distribution partners too. And all of those distribution partners just need to be able to sell one or two of more of my products a month for me to have covered my costs in participating in this. And ideally, they're going to sell more than that, and you're going to get a positive return on this investment, not just a break even. Okay, y'all, that's it for part two of the augmented reality 3D modeling program that the LSA is uh, moving into the marketplace. It will launch. It is launching in October. Um, We are just hoping for ever more sign-ons and support and activity come January. Showrooms, if you haven't already had a chance to test drive this product, uh, find me. I will get you the links to do so. Um, Fill out our online petition form. 
It takes 30 seconds and it lets our manufacturers know that this is mission critical, that this could actually really be a game changer for lighting showrooms and that we want to see it happen. And we want to give it a shot for a year and see what we can do with it, because I think we can do some great things. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Everyone have a great day and take care.